It is so good, but honestly, I, I was uh, every one of those songs I was loving, like full on, behind my mask, full on those songs. But I've had three coffees this morning, and coffee breath uh, back in my face was getting a bit too much. So it's good to be free from that for a few moments. Um, uh, Matthew chapter 5 is where we've been. It feels like there's loads of content here, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm also conscious of I want to stick to time. I've uh, been trying to, um, just in light of all the changes and all that's new and different, we're, we're, trying to, uh, we're trying to keep our time to 45, 50 minutes or so. Um, and so uh, if you want to be open up, we're, we're just going to gain, as we have over the last number of weeks, just been looking at one verse. Um, we're going through the Beatitudes. Uh, we're in this most radical, incredible, most famous uh, sermon that Jesus preached. For me, it feels just so foundational. It feels like it's an illustration. The Sermon on the Mount is an illustration of the life of Jesus. And, um, and so, as we have been saying over the last number of weeks, uh, these are not behaviors uh, that we are need to perform. These are not behaviors that you need to do in order to get right with God. Uh, and I hope that that has come through. This is a description of what kingdom life looks like. We want to know what the life, the kingdom life that Jesus said was at hand, that he said that he came to bring. Well, this is what it looks like. This is a description of the kingdom life. And if any, if you've heard us at all um, speaking about the kingdom, you'll know that we often use language of the kingdom is now and it is not yet. We, we are aware of that. Like you cannot, uh, you cannot be alive at this moment and be aware of what's going on in the news or what's going on around our world without being aware that the kingdom is now and, if, and it feels incredibly at times not yet. And so there is a not yetness to these beatitudes. Uh, it's it's really good news, and and I th- I hope we've heard that. I hope we've heard that over the last number of weeks that this is to people who have been inundated with bad news. What Jesus is speaking here is really good news. This is really good news to the poor. It's really good news to the meek. It's really good news to those who are mourning. And as, much, as good news as it is, as much as we have to look forward to, uh, it's still, there's still the tension of these people are still poor. They're still marginalized. They're still mourning. And maybe that's the case for some of us here, or it is the case for people that we know and love. Last week, I, 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 I said that each, each one of these Beatitudes describes the company of the crucified. We, we talked briefly about Galatians chapter 2 where uh, Paul says that he has been crucified with Christ. He no longer lives. He has put the death, the self, he has put the death, the ego, and he uh, is, is crucified with Christ and, and, and now he lives. He now fully lives. And so each one of these blessings describes the company of the crucified, poor in spirit, mourning, meek, and the list goes on. And as we deal with this emptying of self, emptying of ego, each one of the Beatitudes then goes on to show us our inheritance. It shows us the fullness of Christ's resurrection life being poured into the emptied cup of self. 
the fullness of Christ's resurrection life. The kingdom is yours. You will be comforted. You'll inherit the earth. You'll be filled. You'll be shown mercy. You'll see God. All of these things are a sign of the fullness of Christ's resurrection life being poured in to the empty cup of self. And so Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 is where we are, is the beatitude that we are looking at this morning. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I imagine that, that many of uh, your versions will, will say something to that effect. If you're reading from the NLT, I think it's the NLT, you'll read, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be filled, or they will be satisfied, uh, it maybe says in some of the versions that you uh, are, are reading. I think it's just important to point that out, that uh, throughout the whole narrative, throughout the whole narrative arc of the scriptures, uh, these words, the, the idea of righteousness and justice are always linked together. It's, it was an understanding that righteous and justice were aimed uh, as a package, I suppose, and so you'll see it um, throughout, uh, your, throughout your scriptures, throughout your Bibles, that um, it uses them intermittently. Righteousness or justice is the same idea, which is why we have some places have it righteousness, some places have it as justice. I would almost love us to think about blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice, for they will be filled. As it comes to this idea of righteousness, I wonder what it is that you think about. I wonder what, what it is, if you were to play this word association game, if I was to say the word righteousness, what would you say back to me? What, what, is, the, what is it that you think of when you hear the word righteousness? I know for me that, that my automatic response, I think my, my, my immediate response to this, maybe over the years, has been, Righteousness means obeying the rules. Righteousness means more morally pure. I'd love us to, to think of the implications of that. So the, the idea of those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, so you'll be blessed if you obey all of the rules. But woe to you if you fail. You fail to keep all the rules. You fail to tick all the boxes. Woe, woe is you. Is that, is that what we're saying here? Is, it, is the idea of righteousness simply obeying the rules? Is the idea of righteousness being one who is morally pure? I'd love us to think so far beyond that as, the, as what we're thinking about here. The idea of righteousness throughout, throughout the scriptures, the idea of righteousness even th especially through the words of, of Jesus, through the thinking of Jesus was uh, right-relatedness. It was a restoration of right relationship that we were created to have. Divine image bearers that we were created to be. The life of, of, of destiny and co-partnering with Jesus. All of that is, uh, so when Jesus comes and uses this idea, this language of righteousness, it's a right relatedness that he is speaking to, speaking about. It is a longing for things to be made right. It is a longing for all things to be made right. And so it is a right relatedness. It is a right relationship with God. It's restoring all of that which has been lost. It's a right relationship with God, which was lost. It's a right relationship with self that was lost. There's a right relationship with others that was lost. It's a right relationship with the earth 
that was lost. So blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting for all things to be made right. Blessed are those who are longing for a restoration of a right relationship with God, self, others, and the earth. And sometimes when it comes to this idea of of longing for all things to be made right, longing to see justice established. We, we don't have to look too far to see the levels of injustice across our world, the levels of injustice globally. And even we see them amongst our communities, we see them in our families, just a level of injustice. We're longing for all things to be made right. And there's times, if you're anything like me, sometimes it feels like, what's, what's the point? What's the point in longing and craving for all things to be made right? What's the point in longing for, uh, f- to pursue this task of right relatedness with, with God, self, and others? There's so, there seems to be too much injustice, and there is moments I feel like that. There's moments where that feels really strong, and I find myself going back to this sermon that Jesus preached, to find myself going back and imagining the people that were listening to the words that Jesus was speaking. See, the world, their world was broken. The people that Jesus is speaking to as they gathered around to hear this incredible life-given sermon being delivered, their world was broken. They were being crushed. They were being oppressed. They knew what it was to face significant, incredible levels of injustice and unfairness, and right relationships being completely distorted and destroyed. So I find myself going back to to hear, how would these early listeners have heard this? These early listeners would have understood Jesus meant doing the right thing regardless of circumstances. That's how they would have heard this. They'd have heard Jesus what Jesus meant was doing the right thing regardless of your circumstances, having a disposition towards justice no matter the cost. That's how they would have heard this. And so I find myself find myself trying to identify in some sort of way, not facing the levels of oppression or brokenness or being crushed the way that these guys were, But I could begin to understand that as they listened to Jesus, they would have understood him saying that they were to continue to do the right things regardless of the circumstances. They were to continue to have a disposition, an orientation towards justice, no matter the cost. And so when I go back to how they would have heard this, in their longing for things to be made right, whenever they're hungering and thirsting, when they're craving and Neville's already brought us there. I don't know if that was his intention, but in Psalm 119, see how I am longing for more of your ways, that your righteousness would revive my spirit. We're, we're hungering. He's saying that you're, you're blessed when you hunger and thirst for all things to be made right. And so in your longing for all things to be made right, even when you're hurting, even when you're waiting, you are blessed because God is on your side. This is how they would have heard it. This is how I, I would love us that we would hear this today, that in your longing for things to be made right, 
It's not futile. It's not in vain. It maybe feels like the injustice is too much. It maybe feels like the, gap, the chasm is too wide. But Jesus is saying, continue in your longing for things to be made right, even when you're hurting, even when you're waiting, you're blessed because God is on your side. And so the question that I would love us to be, to be going away from here this morning is um, just in, in your minds, both globally, within your community and personally, what is it that you ache for? So it comes this idea of hungering and thirsting. It is, an, it is something deep within. It is a, it is a crave, craving ardently, a craving, an eager craving. Like it's something that takes place deep within. It's an ache. What is it that you ache for? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. What is it that you ache for? Is it poverty? Is it racism? Is it, is it, is it a certain type of injustice? Or what is, it, what is it that comes to mind? I'm speaking, what is it that you automatically think that is what you're aching for? I've been challenged by this, by this thought this week. I've been challenged by this question and I've found myself asking, do I ever sit with my ache? Do I ever sit with it? And as I've considered that, I've continued to ask this question. I've asked, have, I ever, have you ever thought that the discomfort that you feel is in fact hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice? So often we, so often we, we push our aches away. We, we don't want to deal with the thing that, that causes us pain. We don't want to deal with the thing that is causing us this deep inner angst. We don't want to deal with it, and so we suppress it or we ignore it. And I'm, I want to challenge you. What is it you ache for? What is it you see around your world? What is it that you see around your neighborhood? What is it that you see even within your family that causes you to ache? I'd love to encourage you that you would, that you would just uh, be bold enough, be brave enough to sit with it. Because I can assure you that that discomfort that you feel is and will lead to a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, for justice, for a right relatedness with God, self, others, and, and even the earth. See, I think you know our, our, what, what causes us to ache. Many things that cause me to ache the thing, that, the thing that I sit with the most is probably kids who are separated from their families. Kids who have nowhere to call home. Kids who don't have anybody waiting for them at the school gates to cheer them on and to champion them and ask how their day was to sit with them and do their homework. They don't have anybody to fight their corner. That's so why often when I sit with that ache, the discomfort that I feel causes me to hunger and thirst for all things to be made right. Feel incredibly uncomfortable because of the discomfort to rise in me that I want all things to be made right. I'm aching. I'm aching for change. Judith is aching for change. I know many others in the same place. Thinking globally, Robert and Lois and mum and dad and others who, who see what's going on across our world poverty, kids without education, and, and, and you sit with that long enough, you're, the discomfort that you feel is a hunger and a thirst for righteousness and justice. 
So what is it? What is it that you ache for? And I'm asking you, you would sit with it. It's going to cause us to do something. I promise you, sit with it long enough, you feel that discomfort long enough, it'll cause you to do something. So we need to do, we need to do what is righteous and justice, not just call for it. So please don't misunderstand me. Like keep, if you feel like you have to protest with the banner at Stormont, do that. If you feel like you have to send a letter calling for justice, calling for righteousness, feel like you have to send a letter to your MP, do all of that. I'm not saying that any of that is bad, but it has to, it has to lead to doing something. The call, the call to do what is right and just, I don't think is, is enough. We should be doing, we need to do what is righteous and just as well, as well as, none place off, as well as calling for what is right and what is just. And, and honestly, like I, this is, I honestly feel overwhelmed at times. I sit with the discomfort when I sit with the ache long enough when, that cra- when I'm craving for and hungering and thirsting for, for all things to be made right. It feels overwhelming. It feels like really simple. It feels like a really simple thing to say, keep going. And I'm challenged by this idea of keep going because I'm, I, I, as I sit with this, as I sit with the discomfort, as I sit with the ache, I realize that we can sometimes be more focused on success than on faithfulness. I can be more focused on success. So, like, so for me, I just want to see every church. I want to see every church across this, this island speaking about the injustice and the unfairness of kids living without a home, without a family. So for me, sometimes the, I can get overwhelmed or I can get upset because not seeing the success. Maybe that's not a fair example, but whatever, like, whatever it is, or sometimes we feel like we're not seeing the success that we want to see and it can cause us to be overwhelmed, it can cause us to give up. But I would want to say to you, keep going. I would want to say to you, be more focused on faithfulness than on success. Reminded of Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus speaks later on, keep seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. Keep going, keep seeking first. Keep seeking first all things being made right. Keep going after it. Keep going, being faithful in seeking first. And all these other things, everything else is going to be added. You worry about the faithfulness and he'll worry about the success. Everything else will be added. All the fruit will come. You worry about being faithful. And so if you're in the place, as I'm speaking this morning, if you're in that place, promise I'm wrapping up, stick with me here for a moment. If you're in the place where everything isn't working out, that's where you find yourself in. Or your heart is breaking for people who are in that place where things aren't working out. You're probably hungry for change. Whether you, you realize it or not, you're probably at that place where you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness and justice, for right-relatedness. 
And so again, I'd love you to go away with the question, where is it that you're aching for change? And maybe it is global. Maybe it's a global thing. Maybe it's a thing within your community. Or maybe it's a personal thing. I want to just consider the personal thing for a moment as the, as the, as the guys were leading us in worship. I find myself just wondering about those, those um, I suppose those idols, those idols that are in my life, those idols that take me away from right relatedness to God. The idols are anything that, that plays a God role in our lives other than God. Things that play a small g God role in our lives other than God. What is it? What are those idols in our lives? And so as the guys were leading us in worship, we couldn't help but think, oh, what is it? What is it that just needs to bow the knee for the name of Jesus? I want every idol to bow to the name of Jesus so that I can, that I can be pursuing and I can be in right relationship with him. And so for some of us, it's maybe our career. For some of us, it's maybe our hobbies or the things that entertain us. For some of us, it's maybe even our, our own personal dreams or ambitions. And I love it that for the sake of right relatedness to God, that they would all bow to the name of Jesus. What is it you're hungry for? What is it you're craving? What is it you're aching to see change in? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be satisfied. The idea being here that they would be overflowing. And so in this kingdom society, That's what we're longing for, this kingdom society where there, we're right relatedness, where justice, where the shalom, the shalom of God shapes all of creation and shapes all of our relationships. And so I'm aware that there's, there's so many questions I'm throwing out here. I feel it's like I'm even overwhelmed with the content of this, but even there's some of us need to consider right relatedness to ourselves, right relatedness to others. And we don't, I don't think we speak about it enough in the church, but a right relatedness to the earth, our responsibilities to the creation. Because the shalom of God, the shalom of God is a complete, whole well-being. Well-being, peace, and all of that in all of its totality. And it flows from all of one's relationships being put right. It's the kingdom. What a kingdom society looks like is, the, is when, um, when we are filled to overflowing, when we are satisfied. And I think we're satisfied and we're overflowing when all of our relationships are put right. So let me pray.
Father, I thank you for the words of Jesus. Thank you for the ways of Jesus. Thank you for uh, these words in particular. Give us an insight, give us an illustration of the life of Jesus. I pray, Jesus, in all of the all the content that I'm trying to get out and all the questions that maybe feel like you're just too much. Holy Spirit, I pray you just bring some sort of clarity and some sort of challenge and some sort of conviction to us as we as we leave here today. Jesus, I pray that we would, um, as Eugene Peterson said, we're blessed when we've worked up a good appetite for God. He's the food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. And so Jesus, I thank you that you reveal to us that you are what we're truly hungry for. And I pray, Jesus, that it would be you that we would consume our lives with. And so, Father, I just pray those things, actually, that we've, that we've thought about or will think about, those things that, that cause us to ache, whether it's people with addictions or, or people that are just making wrong decisions. God, I pray that we'd sit with that long enough it would cause us to be, this discomfort would cause us to hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice. Thank you, Father. Thank you for every person in this room today. Thank you for every person that's been listening. Um, bless our homes, bless our families, bless our communities, our nation, our world. Oh God, we need you. Bless us as we leave here today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for being with us today. Again, if you're able to give, there's the, the box at the door. Um, we're so glad you've been able to join us. Um, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Bless you.